1: this is Mike on
2: 40, going on 14 I'm Patrick <laughs> I'm Joel and I'm Josh and I've got mighty bold talk for a four-eyed fat man
3: <laughs> Ooh you know that was my father's favorite line in that whole in the movie
2: Oh it's the best the best line from the movie I think Nobody Yeah we used, use eggs. It all, we
3: used to we used it all the time whenever either one of us would talk any shit to the other one we, mighty bold talk for a one-eyed fat man
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome so uh if you if if you haven't picked up on that by now we are doing the true grit show tonight we watched the original true grit with uh john wayne that came out in 1969 and then we watched the remake that came out in 2010
0: yeah with jeff bridges
1: playing the uh, rooster cogburn role so getting our western on this is actually the first western show we've done
2: i yeah. know i realize that it's such a wide genre of media that uh it's crazy that we haven't even touched on it in the last almost two years well you know what the thing, thing
1: is that there's not a lot there's westerns but there's not a lot of western remakes we'll have to do the django show at some point
2: yeah django and then uh, like
3: 30, f- uh, 310 to yuma yes oh yeah
1: that's okay i take that back there's at least three. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and that's the show. Good night, folks. So if you're out riding the planes, hunting down the man that killed your father, and you need something to listen to, you know what I you think?
2: Can- yeah, I think you should check out the Musings of a Geek podcast network. It's, it's a pretty good transition.
1: Yeah best we can do at this point uh so yeah musings of geek network where you can you can find us and other wonderful shows such
2: as the bearded ones Who the what now um is 365 flicks yeah the saturday morning block party podcast uh the graphic novice podcast comic arguments and hard to swallow sounds good <laughs> Yeah, this time I just
3: happened to have the tab open.
1: So, Yeah, Pat, you're not allowed to giggle unless you start contributing. <laughs> that was
3: me. No, I'm laughing as an outsider.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so, well, if you're an outsider out <laughs> on the range, <laughs> wandering about, you and can also find hour. us on Saturday at uh, Geek Life Radio at noon. Or you can find our older shows at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe.com.
2: And if you'd like to suggest better transitions from one section of the show to another, <laughs> you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727.
3: Mike, Mike is apparently out of Segway material.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, need more, I need more segue. Uh, you could also tweet us at, on Twitter at 40Go14. Find us on Facebook or send us an email at 40Go14 at gmail.com. Or if you're at Gen Con, you can tweet us in person.
3: Why would oh, you tweet hey, us in person? Hey,
4: hey.
3: Oh. What? Like if you're like standing in front of us, don't tweet us. Just talk to us. Soon. We don't bite much. If
1: if we have t-shirts by then, whoever comes up to us first at Gen Con and starts tweeting at us, literally, I will give you a free shirt. <laughs> I just Gotta wanna...
2: end up some crazy dude who doesn't even listen to the show. because <laughs>
3: <laughs> It's a lot of
2: weirdos at Gen
3: Con. is like, something... just what I do. I live tweet while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Tweet 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 tweet. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We don't have a shirt big enough for you. <laughs> I'm assuming this is going Just to be a lot. because that's a safe assumption at Cap. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we have a voicemail in a uh, listener feedback news. We do. Yes, we do. Huh? And it is not from Charlie. What? Whoa. That
1: wait, wait—is that like two weeks in a row?
2: I uh, no. I think was was he on the show last week? Oh, yep.
1: oh he Yes, was? yes, yes, he was.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he might have been our only voicemail last week. No, I'm concerned. He may be dead. He's not um, dead. And it's not a killed. trauma. So, from uh, all the way from the Bad Parenting Podcast...
0: Hey, guys. Justin from Portland here. Uh, listening to the booze show right now. And you guys were all talking about some of your first experiences of drinking, etc., etc. And I do remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad had was in the military, so he threw some parties in the weekends, and there was always a lot of beer and alcohol around there. But my first experience actually drinking it was, in high school, we, uh, we paid a homeless guy to go to the local Seven Eleven and get us a couple bottles of alcohol, and we told him that he could get, get himself a bottle or two, you know, whatever he could get with the money. Um and, and that was our biggest mistake, because we didn't put any stipulations as to exactly, like, what quality he should buy. We just said buy whatever you can for this amount of money, and so of course he wanted to get a couple of bottles for himself. So he bought the cheapest shit he could buy. So he came out with a couple cans of OE, <laughs> um, some Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. I want to say there was like Schlitz malt liquor in there and, and, and something else. And um, he proceeded to take his his proportion and and went off and got. I'm, I'm sure had a good you know good rest of his day. And then we had to, about 20 minutes for a lunch break left, so between three of us, we pounded the remaining couple of bottles and then attempted to go to drama class, just fucking blitzed out of our minds. So, um, yeah, I don't remember much about that particular day in drama. I'm, I guess we did a skit or something and it went over semi-okay. Um, but if you actually asked me to remember what we did, I, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, that's, that's my little, you know, first time adventure with the alcohol and, and it's just kind of continued on from there. Anyways, I uh, love the show. Keep on doing what you do. Bye.
2: We gotta hang out with this guy. Agreed. Yeah, there there was no kind of blitzed like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty blitzed. True story. What about Cisco? Tong, 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 tong.
3: Night train. I say night train. I was
2: <laughs> guessing that that was what the one he was missing was night train. <laughs> I mean, you've got all the titans of the cheap booze industry there represented.
3: Choo choo, motherfucker. It's night train.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come Uh, riding on the night train.
3: You know what I think? So of, why Why does your night train have, have Mr. No Nose on it?
1: No, that was <laughs> no, supposed to be that's Axel Rose. Rose. Oh. That was Which that... Axel Rose? Well, Axel Rose is actually. So, he's Axel No Nose is who that was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i on the night train. I would so
1: go see Axel No Nose. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's almost there with all the surgeries had. God. Oh, shit. All right, gentlemen. I, I believe it's about that time. It's all you man
0: this week in music movies and TV
1: what? all right so this week we have chose
3: 1969
1: that <laughs> <laughs> was 30 at the time yes <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> uh, true the year true grit was released the original not the remake so, music. The number one song is by the Fifth Dimension, and it's called Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In.
2: I, don't know I love time. this song.
1: I love this song because of the 40-year-old virgin.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I love the musical hair, All right, at least the soundtrack from it.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. This is definitely one that, if I'm uh, listening to like The Drive or some other oldies station or 70s classic rock station, uh, I'm definitely going to turn the volume up a little bit.
3: It's well, a good as, song. Soon as, as soon as I saw this, um, the entire time I was working on the, this weekend, I would just listen to the hair soundtrack. Good. Nice.
2: Long,
1: beautiful, beautiful hair, hair. Flaxin', <laughs> waxing. And a bunch of other accents. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, close enough. Yeah, tangled, in spaghetti.
1: Right, right. So, uh, also, uh, 1969. This time, Simon Garfunkel releases "The
3: Boxer" on April 12th.
2: Another great song.
3: That might be my favorite Simon and Garfunkel song.
2: Ooh, yeah. Between this or the Sound of Silence. Yeah. I am a rock. That's mine.
1: I am an island.
3: I am a rock is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, uh, la
0: la Ooh, that is a good. Shooting
4: one. people randomly during the song.
0: <laughs> 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 American,
3: <laughs> also, a good one. I think what we're saying is Simon and Garfunkel has a very nice catalog of music. Yes. Especially the boxer. This
2: was a good week in music.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, April 20th, 1969, the LA Free Festival in Venice, California ends early following a riot. Was it free enough? It apparently wasn't free enough. 117 (laughs) people were arrested.
3: Why did they riot? The alcohol wasn't free.
1: Oh. (laughs) So, but yes, that was the music portion of that
3: section. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right. Like I you said, Mike
3: needs help with his segues. I <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Hurry up with those emails.
1: <laughs> so movies, Goodbye Columbus, which is Ellie McGraw's film debut, is the number one movie knocking off the likely superior, Support Your Local Sheriff. That's a good movie. Which one? Support Your Local
3: Sheriff. And I'm saying it's got to be oh. better than good- Goodbye Columbus, which I've never heard of.
1: La la la. I'd like to make that video that'd be fun. Uh oh. the 41st 41st annual Amer- Academy Awards. Holy cow. That just blows my mind that even in 69 there were 41 of them already. <laughs> were held on April 14th and was the first time in 30 years that there was no host. Right? No host.
3: <laughs> all they had was presenters, I guess. Yeah. People just
1: walked up and took awards. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was a free for all.
1: Despite the fact that it was the first worldwide broadcast Oliver was the first and only G rated movie to win Best Picture, and Stanley Kubrick also won his only Oscar that night for 2001 for visual effects.
2: He went up there with a big knife and dared anyone to try and take (laughs) it from
4: him. May I have some more,
0: please?
2: And then ran down a really long.
1: (laughs) Don't
3: stop me. I am unstoppable.
1: It's Kubrick. Just let him. He only wants one. (laughs) I just get one. All right. So, TV. The top shows are
2: the acronym of the week, R and M-L-I. Yeah, that's uh, Ralphie and Mike Lickett. <laughs> that's Two show. best friends I'm, that, yeah, they just go around identifying things only by sense of taste.
3: It's, show. It's, Ralph, it's Ralphie from Happy Days. <laughs> Ralph Mouth. Mike Seaver from Growing Pain. Oh, going around licking things. <laughs> I would watch that show. <laughs> Like... Right. You are damn right <laughs> you'd watch that show.
1: That'd be awesome. Put it <laughs> as make that like a reality show now and be like, hey, oh my god, look, did not you play Ralph Malfin and uh hype it? What the hell are you doing? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Tastes like
3: <laughs> 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 <There's> <laughs> obviously Rowan and Martin's laughing.
1: Oh yes. Those, oh, that, show, that show was awesome. Yes. You know you know what my favorite sketch out of that, that whole uh season was? It was the uh dirty old man on the bench. Okay, was I I can't be the only one of us that have watched this show.
2: Crickets. Oh, no, I, I've
1: seen it. I've seen it.
2: I don't think I ever have. Really? Yeah. When
1: I was can't that? say that
3: I've religiously watched it, but I have definitely seen a couple episodes.
1: Come on, Goldie Hawn and her Seriously
2: Prime.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Is somehow still going on? I don't.
2: Know. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think is that uh, the one with Sakatumi. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, I've seen a bunch of those. Here yeah. the judge. Here comes the judge. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that.
1: That's the one with uh, the dude. I forget the guy's name, but it was like the old man dressed up with the mustache and the coat on the bench. And I think Ruth Buzzy was sitting next to him. And he kept to me like, "Hello, my little dear. How are you?" Like really being creep. Okay. So anyway, Gomer <laughs> Pyle. <laughs>
3: I think you just listened to it, Aqualung too many times
1: <laughs> hey
3: there Aqualung
1: Gomer Pyle USMC and Bonanza are the top shows of the Bonanza? Time. Bonanza
4: Bonanza <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sir would you please turn on Bonanza it's a very proper show
3: <laughs> of course They have a butler and shit. (laughs) I do say
1: the cows have escaped. It's
4: high noon. It's time for my monocle to go on.
3: (laughs) So, uh, moving on. about a cattle wrestling?
4: (laughs) someone get big horse. Oh, wait,
1: wrong show. (laughs) Wait, it is the right show.
3: That's the right show. (laughs)
4: But
0: not
1: <laughs> I think we're just I think we're discovering why we haven't done a Western show before right now. <laughs> so uh either way, on April 13th, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Taylor Moore reunite for a special Dick Van Dyke and the other woman on CBS.
2: Ooh, what? Last push. The last time we mentioned Dick Van Dyke on this weekend forever Who? ruined his image for me. <laughs> shame on you, Mr. Van Dyke. Who's the
0: I
3: still don't buy that, by the way. <laughs> That, that was Di- a voicemail. It was le- it was less of a this weekend. Oh, it's solely the name of this weekend.
1: <laughs> I think it more
3: solely the name of Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Oh, I'm more concerned about this weekend than I am Dick Van Dyke. I loved
4: when he did a turn on Bonanza. <laughs> he was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and then the mothers in law. What? Ends its two-year politically correct humor-fueled run on April thirteenth
4: to be replaced by Ralph and Mike
2: Lickett. (laughs) (laughs) Tastes like Angela Lansbury.
3: Ew! (laughs) Oh, it tastes like sardines and lint. (laughs) Angela Lansbury.
4: (laughs) Somebody put on (laughs) gun (laughs) smoke.
1: All right. So now let's get on to sport. On April 14th, the first Major League Baseball game ever is played outside the U.S. Wait, no, no, wait, no. Wait. wait.
4: <laughs> There's no comma there or any other situation. Oh,
1: stop, rewind, reset. On April 14th, the first Major League Baseball game ever played outside the U.S. happens in Montreal, Canada, when the Expos make their home stadium debut.
3: <laughs> See how that changes?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally changes the meaning of the sentence. Yeah. Uh, Mike's doing punctuation. Okay, yep. <laughs> so,
1: Michael Jackson is born April 12th. Not that, MJ, the NFL wide receiver who played for the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens. Oh, you tricked us. <laughs> I would, though, no, I would totally watch <laughs> Michael <laughs> wasn't my
0: trick. I would so <laughs> watch
1: Michael Jackson
3: playing football.
0: Ah! <laughs> He'd lose
3: every single time he caught the ball. Just he just me
4: started... cry alone. What?
1: What? <laughs> the Montreal Expo's Bill Stoneman no-hits to Philadelphia Phillies 7-0 on April 17th, only 10 days after the franchise's first game ever.
4: First ever game.
3: That is still, to this day, the record for the fastest no-hit in baseball.
2: Uh, in terms of how deep you are into the season?
3: Yeah, no, just in, in, in terms of how deep you are the franchise into it only 10 days from their first game ever oh
2: oh, i missed that it's the team's first ever game yeah yeah
3: Yeah. (laughs) so that's kind of humiliating like this this is a ragtag assembled team of like draft picks and leftovers from other teams and the first thing they do is get a no hitter against you, and they're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> basically,
2: the real life bad news bears <laughs>
3: exactly. And they no hit the Phillies, it has to make the Phillies feel like losers. Like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right.
1: So, now on to the main show. Absolutely, all right. Let's get our mm-hmm. grid on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, <laughs> <laughs> feels like I've got sandpaper <laughs> anyway. Um, John Wayne. Plays Rooster Cogburn in the 1969 uh, uh, version of True Grit. Um, Who else is in that? We also have Glenn Campbell. That Glenn Campbell as Labeef. Labeef? Yes, Labeef. 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 Kim Darby as Maddie Ross. Uh, Jeremy Slate as Emmett Quincy. Robert Duvall as Ned Pepper. And Dennis Hopper as Moon. And
4: Wilford Brimley as guest star.
1: Yeah, Wilford Brimley as not shown in this movie. Did any of us see him?
3: He was very, very young, so it was hard to like really pick him out.
1: Yeah, it was, was um, younger. Well, I'm <laughs> You know, yeah,
3: I'm, he was born thirty, so Yeah, right
1: I can't here. I can't really imagine Wilford well this is Wilford Brimley's first movie and he was just hidden in the background somewhere, apparently. He played a bush. <laughs> 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 hey, do you see that bush? It's eating a bowl of oatmeal. Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doc,
2: I, I, think I, I think I'm sick, Doc. I got the diabetes.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who did
2: I hit? Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't recognize Dennis Hopper when seeing this again. No, he was really young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so anyway,
1: anyway, if you don't know what Grit was about. You know what
3: was now, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah. A, a drunken, hard-nosed U.S. Marshal and a Texas Ranger help a stubborn teenager track down her father's murderer in Indian territory. Directed by Henry Hathaway... Who has also done such uh, movies Such as The Sons of Katie Elder And uh, How the West Was Won Niagara and other Westerns So that's what it's about
2: Pretty straightforward
1: (laughs) Yeah it's it's a revenge Story Uh, Do you want to do the trivia now?
2: Yeah we could do the trivia now and come back to Like going through the movie And how how we felt about it Yeah okay
1: so uh, John Wayne had met Singer Karen Carpenter on a college show that he had hosted prior to the shooting of this movie. And Wayne was so impressed that he wanted Karen Carpenter cast in the role as Maddie Ross. Uh, he was disappointed (laughs) by the casting of Kim Darby as Maddie Ross and the two hardly spoke at all off camera. And he later said, Joel, you want to do your, uh, John Wayne now?
4: I, I, I'm just trying to imagine that it was hard to have Karen Carpenter because every time she turned left, she disappeared.
3: Um, Well, I was thinking they would have saved a whole lot of money on craft food services. Ah, Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) I didn't get enough. Just follow...
4: (laughs) Christ, talk about having no chemistry with your leading lady. She was the goddamn lousiest actress I ever worked with. Pilgrim.
1: That was really good. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was better than your Sammy Davis Jr. That was my Sammy Davis Jr. (laughs) (laughs) I think we watched different movies, Joel. (laughs) So uh, Henry Hathaway later said that he hated Glenn Campbell's performance, which yeah. he described as wooden and claimed the singer was only cast so he can have a hit with a theme song, which would then help promote the film.
3: Well, we saw how that worked out. It's a yeah. win-win.
1: It seems to me that everybody hated everybody else on this movie. <laughs> uh, John Wayne actively campaigned for the role of Rooster Cogburn after reading the novel. This was the only film from which John Wayne ever won an Oscar. Really? Uh, yeah. When accepting his Academy Award for his performance, he said, "Joel,
4: wow! If I'd have known that, I'd have put that patch on 35 years earlier. Would you have a stroke
1: there halfway through? <laughs>
4: I did. Yeah, it's, I, if I'd have
3: known that, I he suddenly, went to the school of he went to the school of mic reading. I suddenly
4: turned into <laughs> I can't even say it. Prickle from Gumby.
1: <laughs> oh my God, Prickle is John Wayne. It makes so I, much sense now." Hey guys. The whole universe just opened I'm up in front of Mike's around. eyes. <laughs> Stop.
4: Um, I, I just have to say that I, this must have been the year that they didn't have a host and everybody just ran up and grabbed an award because I <laughs> I did not see acting.
1: Well, they said that John Wayne got this one pretty much out of sentimental reasons. like yeah. a, That they're like, he's 72 years old. We better give him one now because he may not be around next year.
2: Well, and there's a little bit of extra trivia that wasn't uh, on wherever you dug this up, Mike, uh, based on this particular Academy Award. Uh, when he got it presented, uh, Barbara Streisand handed him the award, and he whispered in her ear, "Beginner's luck." Later, he spent the night drinking with Richard Burton, who was someone else who had been nominated for having played King uh, Henry VIII in Anne of the <laughs> King- Thousand- <laughs> King- Oh my God, it's King- catching!
0: <laughs> King-, King Henry Ren. VIII
2: in Anne of the Thousand Days. And drunk, John Wayne knocked on the Welshman's door, handed Richard Burton the Academy Award, and shouted, You should have won this, not me. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he didn't he didn't really care for what what was seen as a sympathy Oscar. He you know, he was a very prideful guy.
1: Oh, you think?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but yeah, so uh, more trivia, Cogburn's eye patch is worn over his left eye. The same eye over which John Wayne's longtime director and great friend who we referred to publicly as Admiral John Ford wore his.
3: The legendary John Ford.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, The character of Maddie was supposed to be 14. Like in the remake? Yep. Kim Darby was 21. And she already had given birth to her first child.
2: Wow. She didn't look it. No, No, she looked closer to 14.
1: Yeah. I had
4: to look it up because I was like, uh, when when the beef started hitting on her, I was like, how old is she in this? And I looked her up and I saw her real age. I'm like, they must have made her older.
3: It was very disappointing when I looked that up. Yeah. I was was all excited about that little spanking scene until... I don't know, she was 21. I was like, oh. What? <laughs> I, mean,
2: I took off my pants for nothing.
4: <laughs> Hello, Patrick, have we met? We should go hang out sometime at the playground.
1: Oh, So the scene near You're the end where, right
4: Roos- train.
1: <laughs> where Rooster Cogburn and Ned Pepper's gang meet in a field and Pepper's shot is filmed in a clearing near the top of Owl Creek Pass outside of Ridgeway, Colorado. The field is off the road to the left and is really easy to find.
4: It was beautiful scenery. That's one thing I do have to say about it.
1: It is gorgeous.
3: Yeah, it's really good cinematography, actually. I mean, yeah, it was a beautiful movie.
4: Very, very, very pretty,
1: the whole thing. So,
3: but yeah, so what did you guys think?
1: I mean...
4: Well, let me just start off by saying I'm not... Westerns are like the last on my list of things to watch. I, I don't actively seek them out. I don't get excited generally speaking when they're released it's just not my thing but every time i watch a western it doesn't matter what it is i've not seen one yet where i didn't end up at the end of it going wow that was really good and despite john wayne's acting and his leaning really far to the right occasionally for no reason <laughs> <laughs> like is john
3: waning it up you mean <laughs> yeah so being I mean, john wayne <laughs> I thought
4: his batteries were low or something. I don't know. He's he's just like really off to the side.
3: You haven't really watched a whole lot of John Wayne movies, obviously. <laughs> I've
4: seen The Quiet Man, which I love, but oh, that
3: is a great movie. Yeah,
4: I, I, that's it. That's that's all I know him for. And I watched that for Kathleen O'Hara, but um, I Stage I
3: coach. really that. liked Ooh. it,
4: despite never being like, yeah, I want to see True Grit. You know, I was impressed.
1: Yeah, if you want to see some good, I mean, honestly, I think I like Rio Bravo. If we're going yeah. by. John
3: Wayne, that was, that was my, Martin. Well, okay, let me just say that as far as um, – my my father was a huge Western fan, so I grew up watching a lot of Westerns, and I know a lot of Western stuff because of that. And and his favorite movie was Rio Bravo. I mean his favorite Western movie was Rio Bravo. And But I saw this movie when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it since then. And there was a lot of stuff in this movie I didn't catch as a kid, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more watching it as an adult.
4: Did it take you back?
3: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I remember watch, you know watching it with my dad. We were sitting on the couch watching it when I was like twelve years old or something.
1: This is the first time I've seen this. I've never seen actually in either of them. I've never seen uh, the remake or this. this. is the first time I've watched them. I watched one one night, one the next, and you know what? I John Wayne's Rooster Cogburn was ham fisted, um, uh, just this cartoon ish of a of a character. But I loved it to death.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, everybody everybody was a caricature of something in this movie, and it was so great. I mean, just – because you could tell that John Wayne was, reached a point in his age. First off, he's 71 or 72 years old in the, uh, in real life.
3: And, no, 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 he was 61 when they filmed this. Oh,
1: 61? Okay. He and, died ten <laughs>
3: exactly 10 years later uh, when he was 71.
1: Okay. So John Wayne is 60. The character he's playing is 40, and he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he's just like I'm, John Wayne. What are you gonna do about it? You know, it's
3: like he's and and it's, it's like you know everything was kind of over the top in this movie. As far as like, I mean, because they took a, a an actual kind of serious book and kind of you know, I don't know, almost Batmaned it up. They just kind of made it a little bit more comical than it was, and so everybody was. Over the top acting because they didn't really know how to act, and then you got John Wayne who was like, "Fuck it, I'm just really going to get into this character." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the other, the other two, you could, you could watch them and just see them trying to act, and it wasn't really working. Like that, that scene between Kim Darby and Glenn Campbell when they were sitting at the table yeah. it was just painful to watch.
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh, Kim, <laughs> and honestly, Kim Darby is painful to watch.
0: Yeah, she's.
1: Know. Well, I don't know. Her like, voice does that tremolo thing. That's so. I mean, honestly, I it well. I I texted you guys when I was watching because I did not know that Kim Darby, oh, I what well, this that she was in this and okay. was
3: actually She's the getting, mom from Better Off Dead, and her which voice. She, which, which she keeps talking about the corn fritter things. I keep wait, wait, where to say it's got raisins in it. You
1: <laughs> you like
3: raisins?
1: <laughs> My uh, corn My fritter just
3: sort of crawls off. <laughs>
2: My history when it comes to Westerns, as a kid, I didn't watch them very much, and I I didn't like them, I didn't have any use for them, but uh, the film that changed my mind Mm -hmm. was in the 90s, Unforgiven, uh, Clint Eastwood, and after seeing Unforgiven, I just went on a tear and just saw all of the Clint Eastwood and John Wayne movies I could get my hands on. And this was in the middle of that pack of those like two or three years there where I was just watching Westerns all the time.
3: That movie Unforgiven had one of the best lines in any Western ever. Like, Well, he should have armed himself if he was going to decorate his saloon with my friend.
1: Ooh, nice. No one can eat 50 eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something, something funny about uh, Unforgiven is that, I mean, at least with me, we we had like movie night when I was in youth group back in the, when this was out. I was like, "All right, okay, we're gonna go have a movie night. We're gonna all go, everybody bring ten bucks, go to the movies." Back when you could go to the movies for ten bucks, and the woman who was in charge of the youth group decided that we were gonna go see Unforgiven.
3: <laughs> Whoops! Uh. <laughs>
1: what? Yeah, so we get into the theater, and I'm like, "Oh, cool! I mean, this looks totally my type of movie." Um, I'm sitting down, and that first scene, the first opening rape scene, <laughs> kicks on, and me and my friend Brian are sitting there, we're like, hello! <laughs> and then, like, uh, outside the theater, she literally, there, they began the speech. I want to say I'm extremely sorry. I did not realize that this... Sh-. I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're looking at, like, did you not read any of the newspaper <laughs> like, that this, this movie may not be the best to bring... You know, a bunch of this is know. the most
3: realistic Western movie made ever. Yeah.
4: Can I can I throw one in just to match that? Um, my cousin John, he uh he picked the movie for a youth group night. Yeah, Naked Gun, nice. and. <laughs> The pastor walks in right as the uh, statue scene is happening.
2: Yes, nice <laughs> assault
1: and with a like, concrete dildo. I don't think this is
4: appropriate. <laughs> Turns it off, and
1: that was the end. Oh, See, boo! She, the thing is, though, she had a she had a ongoing trend of just choosing the wrong friggin' movies. We had a lock in. Okay, okay, we're gonna Pop get move. No, uh, uh Misery.
0: I'm like, why the?
1: I'm like, it's one of those where She goes, "Oh, we got a movie. Put on Misery." I'm like, at this point, I had already read Misery, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go off that limb saying, you're not really good at choosing movies.
3: (laughs) Matthew's lock-in was Predator. Yeah, (laughs) no, No, that was back to this movie. Okay, so anyway.
2: Yes. Just watching Western. Well, One of the things that I thought was interesting about this one, comparing them to other Westerns, is with the exception of the good, the bad, and the ugly, this has got a pretty complex plot, more so than a lot of the other ones. There's a lot of different characters, uh, a lot of different interactions between the characters, several major villains, uh, that one of which isn't even really introduced until the end. Yeah. Th- there's just a lot going on in this and film.
3: It- it was very uncommon at that time to have a, a strong female lead like this character.
1: And after that, they were still waiting for a strong female lead.
3: <laughs> I just oh, thought well, she was fine. The thing is, the character, the the character of Maddie Ross is actually a really good character. And yeah. I, I don't mean to just keep piling on Kim Darby, but I mean she's <laughs> a, an awful actress. But I mean the the concept of this, you know, this smarter than she needs to be. Frontier girl who just happens to live on a farm with her, you know, and runs her father's farm for her, and is going for him, and is going for revenge against the guy that killed him. You know, I mean, it's it's a, I mean that's a good character.
2: Yeah, yeah. and i I kind of liked some of the delivery where she was way more proper than you would think that anyone in the Old West would be, and that kind of set her apart from everyone around. They don't quite know what to react to her because nobody talks like that.
1: Yeah, she was extremely by the book. I mean, she was like a she was like an old west. Uh, what's his name from uh, Dragnet? You know, <laughs>
3: she, she's Go a Friday. quintessential lawful, lawful good character.
1: Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, I mean the whole bartering scene where where she's she gets a guy to sell the ponies back to her, and then turns around and buys the pony back from her for ten bucks that he was going to sell <laughs> yeah. to the glue factory. And he's like, "Wait, what? Uh, well, shit." You know, it's.
3: like. <laughs> I don't
4: know what all the hates about. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think she was phenomenal, but I didn't. I think she was that terrible? I mean, she had
3: really, really wooden delivery.
4: Yeah, like John
2: Wayne and Glenn Campbell.
3: See, Glenn yeah, Campbell I thought, at least kind of in some of his scenes loosened up a little bit. But yeah, and
2: I, I thought all the performances were fine, and I actually would have called Glenn Campbell's good, especially for having uh, very limited acting experience. He played the charisma at the beginning of when you first meet LaBeef, realistically and with some genuine warmth. And then when he starts to turn on uh, everybody and show himself to be a little bit of a heel and be kind of incompetent and more of a blowhard uh, to his eventual redemption, I, I, I thought he was fine.
4: He was no grandma. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: And
3: like yeah, I mean, like how the... fucked up is that? It's like, oh, you're gonna be sleeping with grandma here. To... What?
4: <laughs> I like the gun in the earlier one better, by the way.
3: Um, well, was... you know what? My one of my favorite lines in this whole movie happens early on when, uh, when the, they're they're leaving, and Maddie is bitching to her mom about um, Tom, and and she's like, you know, we gave him a roof, and and she's the, the line that the mother says you could still throw a cat through the south wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, there was just such glee and experience in her eyes when she said that.
2: That's how you, she tests like, all the
0: walls.
3: She throws <laughs> cats, and if they go meow. through, this, this cat, This wall has a three-cat rating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what they were doing in Holy Grail, then.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a weird line.
1: Oh, so. But, yeah, the, I mean, there was a lot of weird, I mean, the cigarette thing. When she's yeah. when she rolls his cigarette for him,
4: yeah, I she was thought, rolling for her dad. I think probably when I know,
2: but that was still kind of weird
1: to just it grab was, a
3: stranger's yeah. ear and start rolling his cigar his his cigarette for him. Uh, and that she was, acted
2: like there was nothing out of the ordinary about that at all, which I thought kind of added to the scene,
3: right? And and you know, like that's what you were saying earlier. It's like you know, a lot of people just didn't understand or know how to deal with her because she was just so proper and also so improper at the same time
4: she was headstrong and and was very i mean she had no fear right,
2: right. she behaved more like an adult than virtually any mm-hmm. other adult in the old west and that threw everybody off mm-hmm. i mean maybe she even uh, behaved the way she imagined adults should act
3: and also the fact that you she was just too she was too smart to be swindled by anybody
2: Right. Yeah, I think that's that. what you just
1: said, Josh, is that, is that she was acting like she expected adults to act. And I think it was and that... And
3: how she expected them to treat her at the yeah. same point. Yeah.
4: Don't make me get lawyer Jim Daggett for you.
3: Because her, you know, her philosophy was if I'm treating you with respect, why are you not treating me with respect?
4: Yeah. Because you're a woman, a young woman in the Old West.
1: I'm right. going to
3: get my lawyer Jim Daggett
1: on you. And what's yeah, what's and- that coming? He, she wields him like a pistol. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, and the the one thing that that made me kind of dislike her a little bit, and I thought they could have left out there is when she's at the table at the boarding house and they're eating dinner, and she's like, oh, "Would sure. you like some more <laughs> dumplings?" And she's like, "Sure." She's like, "I don't think it's twenty five cents worth a bunch of flour and grease." It's like, just eat.
3: She's yeah. kind of a well, bit. Not sometimes. to mention <laughs> that there was more to that meal than just you know just the dumplings. Right. Like there were side dishes and drinks and everything, you know. It's like, so shut up.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Her, I think her point was that she thought she was being overcharged for the meal, and she refused to be taken advantage of in any small, slight way without comment. Hmm. Yeah, I can
1: see
3: that. Yeah, she had to make sure you knew that she she <clears throat> was getting swindled.
2: Hmm. Right, and she, they had established her as a bookkeeper, and this is kind of her transition where the, the, she's itemizing every single thing she sees and she's making sure that all of the adults know that she's keeping track of it.
3: And it was kind of funny. Well, funny slash sad. That I was, you know, when she's handing $150 to her dad, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's kind of, kind of sad that $150 is still kind of a lot of money today. Like if somebody gave you $150, you'd be like, woo. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Right. I would be, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be like this, you know, Oh, look, it's only $150. Look, how he, this is a lot of money back then. Shit, it's a lot of money now.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. That's sad. <laughs> uh, what? I, did any else of you hear the I'm scared of the booger man? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's a lot of weird comments. I mean. And, That's and a bully so, of a shot. <laughs> yeah. And, and then a and the lot of comments being made about being from Texas. Oh, like yeah. yes, a lot. Yeah, you're you're a Texas brush popper. So tell me, Pat, what is a Texas brush popper?
3: <laughs> it's just a random term for a cowboy.
1: Okay, what about a uh Texas waddy?
3: <laughs> Same thing. Waddy and brush popper, they're both just like like generic slang terms for a cowboy.
2: Well, and keep in mind that at the time, the Texas Rangers were notorious blowhards, oh, and with good reason. I mean, the from the foundation of the Texas Rangers, when they talked about like the Sharps Big Fifty being assigned to them, it's a one-shot rifle, and uh, they said, "Well, what if, uh, what if a Texas Ranger misses?" It's like, well, you, I don't hire men who miss.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's- yeah, they were they were legendary back then, and and a lot of that legend came from their own ranks. Right.
1: Yeah, or the the whole comment of "I've drunk water out of a, a shoe, a shoe footprint, or a whatever comment that he made, where he's drinking dirty water out of a hoof print. Yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, if I had a dollar for every one of you that have told me that you've drunk, you know, it's like every, you know, and, they, and they, there's so many comments about Texas being these Texas boys being such blowhards and arrogant."
3: And in general, I mean, this movie just had a lot of funny lines. I didn't remember this movie being as funny as it was. Like the whole thing about, you know, you're quite the horse shooter. <laughs> and when he's tell, when he's talking to the guy at the store, when he's like, he believes in putting everybody afoot. Says there'll be less mischief that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, and what be, I found was interesting is you do have the two men sort of competing to make themselves look better in the girl's eyes. And there's nothing romantic about it whatsoever. Yeah.
0: Right.
4: Mm-hmm which one of my favorite uh scene, scenes in the movie which kind of turned me to uh, turn I didn't I already kind of liked it but I is when I was like okay I really like this is when she's going across the river with on the back of the horse and John Wayne's like he says uh what is it reminds me of me yeah and yeah. and I just at that moment I was like oh right and yeah. it, it, <laughs> go ahead
3: I was going to say it did Glenn Campbell's line he's like Well then, I don't think I'm going to like you much or something. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) It was just a great, like, very simple scene, but it it worked so well. Um, And
3: I don't know if you guys know this, by the way, but um, if you ride a, uh, have any of you guys ever ridden a horse?
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little
3: bit. Well, if you ride a horse while wearing wet clothes, that is just a recipe for chafing.
1: I was going to (laughs) say.
3: And I don't know how she just, you know, continued on. Okay, let's go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to hop off on this. you know, that's what they skipped over—a whole like week
3: worth of first healing up after ow, that. Yeah, ow, ow, and the ow, poor ow. horse had to be tired after swimming across the river.
4: And oh, she's like, "Let's go, Blackie." Um,
1: I'm and, gonna call him Lil Blackie. That name how, just came to my mind for no reason. That's a
4: good name, ma'am. Um, how that was. A, that I movie. swear
0: I'm not racist.
4: <laughs> how?
1: Why would the boy be racist?
3: No, she. <laughs> Oh, naming, the, naming him a little blackie. Look at she looks at the little black kid and winks, huh? What do you think, <laughs>
4: Kim Darby? Um, how how about just the brilliant thing that he lives in the back of a Chinese grocer's with a cat? <laughs> <laughs> the general, that, yeah. That that to me was just a nice little added touch that I'm I'm guessing came from the book, but
2: uh, yeah. just... well, the original uh, departed from the book a heck of a lot, and I'll revisit this uh, when we talk about the remake. But there was a lot of stuff in the book that didn't make it to the 1969 movie. Right. Have any of was
3: another one the of book? the reasons why John Wayne really wasn't happy with it, because that's one of the reasons he pursued the character of Rooster Cogburn, was because <laughs> of the book.
1: Have any of us read the book?
3: I have not.
2: I have not read the book, but uh, like I said, I, I'm going to revisit the topic of the book on in the second half of the show. Cool.
3: Another scene that really made me laugh it, so much that I actually notated it is, um, the ranger Lebeef is worried about you know the, at the first time that they make camp he's worried about the fire giving him away and everything right and the, he's like don't want to give away our position and then the, and then he promptly goes off and fires a rifle at a turkey right <laughs> <laughs> like you you're worried about the fire but not 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 this giant booming explosion of a gun okay <laughs> so that makes sense well
2: what was he wanted to. Present himself as a badass, but until near the end of the movie, uh, especially in the 1969, Labeef is all talk and kind of incompetent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always got excuses for why he's kind of shitty at doing this.
3: That's very true. Yeah, I, I liked
2: Glenn Campbell in the role, but definitely of the two portrayals, the original was l- less sympathetic to the Texas Ranger.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They were so. setting him up for quite a redemption arc. <laughs>
2: right. Yes.
4: Which we'll have to talk about the the varied endings once we get to the, the remake.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah, so let's Absolutely. talk
4: a
1: little bit about Dennis Hopper. Okay. I It took me a second to realize that I actually was Dennis Hopper. Agreed. <laughs> Because I mean, and it, it took me, you know, I had to pause it. You had to find that Why, right time. Because he wasn't high. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> he wasn't baked off his brain, and you know, the wrinkled old curmudgeon that he is now. He's I mean, dead. Well, then he's really wrinkled. Yeah. <laughs> highly, highly wrinkled. Yes. And he didn't Probably have a uh, gas mask. What? You know. Oh, <laughs> <talking> about, <laughs> we had the oxygen or the uh,
4: helium. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> don't you fucking look at me!
3: So yeah, it. he gets shot. Yeah, he just gets shot. He gets stabbed got in the chest. Stabbed.
4: <laughs> Your friend killed you. I'm done, done for him.
3: Yeah. Yep. That's such a good scene.
1: I mean, the whole that whole the whole cabin scene was good.
3: Mm-hmm. And how they keep freaking out. What What is she doing
0: here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't like you. I'm not going to let my lawyer defend you. You can go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> there she goes about that lawyer again.
4: She goes that like a gun.
1: <laughs> so, a little bit of chasing, a little bit of hunting down. They finally catch up to him. Uh, Some... some go, They go to the uh, Indian barber and trade some racist banter. <laughs> I love
3: how he just keeps kicking the kids off the porch. No, that's the that second movie. The <laughs> that was oh, in the remake. Damn it, sorry. It's all
1: right. We'll get, we'll get, but, get but to that, We'll get to that. I definitely want to talk about that.
4: <laughs> but then you have the, the uh, one against four horse charge where Cogburn's got two guns blazing and four other bad guys coming at him the other direction, guns blazing.
2: And I love the rifle
3: spin reload. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. It was yeah. so cool.
4: Which they didn't have in the remake.
3: No, no they, they made the pistols. Yeah. yeah, he had pistols, that's it.
1: Yeah. But that, that that move, if if a guy can pull off that spin and re- and cock the rifle move, it's just, you're badass for good.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Plus he had the, the reins in his mouth as he's riding. <laughs> that,
3: that's Let's, at least like three feats right there just to get to be able to do that.
2: I just love that. Like before he, he reins in, in his mouth. Did you honestly make
3: an RPG? <laughs> yep. He, he did. Yeah.
2: So when they say that's mighty bold talk for a one-eyed fat man, he just looks at him and says, "Fill your hand, you son of a bitch."
3: <laughs> my day, yeah, my dad and I used to banter that back and forth to each other. Fill your hand, you son of a. <laughs> so it's just a the look of indignation on his face. He's like, "Like you motherfucker." <laughs> that was probably his
2: best acting moment in the entire movie. Agreed. Yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Did anybody else think that the snake pit thing was a little bit? Past or it needed to be. I mean, I got why it was there, but they could have had a snake just
1: there. Uh, that is not how you handle a rattlesnake. For one, keep
3: yeah. well. the shit yeah. out of it, but don't kill it.
1: Yeah, because let I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like kill the rattlesnake. I'm just gonna poke at it first with a stick and <laughs> piss it off a whole bunch.
3: So it just <laughs> keeps attacking whatever is hitting it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And that poor snake's like,
3: God, geez, I just want to go away. Stop hitting, hitting me. <laughs> if you'll stop hitting me, I'll just go in the corner and leave you alone. <laughs> and it's like,
1: whack, whack. All right, I'm going. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this bitch obviously wants a fight. <laughs>
4: so, so Maddie gets her redemption and that that uh, Tom Chaney gets it in the end, yep. as does the rest of the gang. Yep. Including. <laughs> The beef.
1: The beef. He, well, I'm amazed that he didn't die just from getting hit upside the head with a rock.
3: <laughs> no, no kidding. Pretty sure the end hit him in eventually though. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm sure he was bleeding out from a scalp wound and he was practically dead uh when he was dragging them out. And th- that's the thing, is like he comes all the way back has just about completed their redemption, shows up to save them at the last second, and then promptly drops dead, having been hit by a cow bushwhacked by a coward with a rock.
1: Yep. Uh,
4: and he clocked him hard, man.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was that was really a I mean I for for the 1969, him getting hit, that was really a hard just I didn't it expect good. it to be a, yeah, it did.
4: Now do we talk about the it's a, hard not to talk about the differences between the two. I guess we'll have to wait.
2: Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about this, that in the second half. I mean, we've got the basic sketch of what has happened. Uh, but
4: Brewster, go, Brewster lives and they go back to real life and she sends him the other $50. Plus and, a bonus. Right. Yep. And he has kind of a which lawyer Daggett shows up to deliver it.
1: Yeah. And then he gets his own gravesite. They
3: have kind a funny of a, scene, though, when he finally meets Daggett, he's like,
1: <laughs> like holy you shit, be... you
3: really exist. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you know what? Be
1: when Daggett walked in the room, you know what What line immediately came to my head was, I expected you to be taller. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, and then they had kind of the the, the, the the cheesy ending where it's like, you know, he makes some joke and he laughs and they jump up in the air and they freeze frame and that's mm-hmm. not. Exactly how it happened, but no, he no. was.
2: Uh, she made a crack when uh, talking about how he'd bought a new horse after he'd said it was such a great horse it could jump over fence posts and whatnot. And she basically makes another crack about him being old and fat. Like I'd like to see that with uh, an old fat man on its back. And then he does. He demonstrates. <laughs>
3: then he he's just fill your hands and he pulls out a gun and shoots her.
2: <laughs>
3: That's the director's cut. Yeah, right,
4: right. That's the Sam Peckinpah version.
3: <laughs> nice.
1: Cool. So, yeah, this and so he rides off into the sunset. And they have the happy you know ending everybody got, you know, except for Lebeef. Le yeah, is kind of sucked for him.
3: And and Ned Pepper.
2: Yeah, that, not n- lucky anymore.
1: That was another uh trivia that I wish I I forgot to put in here. Robert Duvall method actor. Apparently was pissing John Wayne off left and right because apparently John Wayne threatened to punch him in the mouth if he contradicted the <laughs> director one more time.
4: That's so funny. Uh...
1: I could just but I could see that like I could see like Robert Duvall doing the uh, you know what if what if I did this? and just seen jump uh, I'm just going to punch just coming at him. <laughs> it's like I don't like her. I don't like you. She hates him. We all hate each other. Let's get the this book over. was better. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, So, shall we move on? Yeah, I think we're probably ready for a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about True Grit 2010, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what was different, what we liked, and give our final verdict on both films. Right on.
1: I do not know this man. All right, let's get some more grit. Now, uh, back in 2010, the Coen brothers decided that they were going to remake a movie, and they decided that they were going to remake True Grit. Produced by Steven Spielberg. And uh, just... uh, Well, I don't even want to get into it yet. Okay. (laughs) It's starring (laughs) Jeff Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin, Barry Pepper, and Haley Steinfeld. For Jeff Bridges as the uh, Rooster Cogburn, Matt Damon as Labeef, and uh, Haley Steinfeld as uh, Maddie. And um, Haley was came up against 15,000 other actresses before and she got cast. That's a lot. That is. That is. I a, don't
3: think Kim Darby had to beat that many actresses.
1: Probably well, not. Well, well the, once they heard her nice tremolo voice, they were like, she's in. You're going places, kid. With raisins? You like raisins. <laughs> French bread. French. French fries dressing
3: it's a drink peru Peru. (laughs) honest to
1: god i thought i had never known that she was in true grit when she was a kid and i thought she was actually putting on something when she was talking like that and better off dead i did not realize that her voice actually did that (laughs) (laughs) and it was annoying as shit so anyway jeff bridges matt damon Haley steinfeld the top three uh same same plot line Mostly, uh, yeah. Mostly, Maddie Ross. Most well, Maddie Ross hires Rooster Cogburn to go after uh, Tom Cheney after she he kills her dad, and then uh, Labeef jumps in and uh, tries to help. Uh, after
4: sitting in her room and smoking all night like a creeper,
1: that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was. I watched the second one with Katie, and in and that scene, she was just kind of like so. He's just been sitting there. How long, watching her
2: sleep, <laughs> thinking about taking a kiss?
1: Yeah, of this actually fourteen-year-old girl. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'll show you, Labeef, Matt. Yeah, Dame. they could
3: they could have reworded all that a little bit, rewritten that maybe a little,
1: <laughs> just a just a bit. So, but she actually was fourteen, and because of child labor laws, uh, the Cohen brothers were unable to film any scenes past midnight which was especially difficult because there's a lot of scenes that happen at night. So because of scheduling prog- problems, uh, anytime there's a shot of another character over Maddie's shoulder or behind her, Maddie is played by an adult double.
2: So, Interesting. Right, so, yeah. A weird sort of uh, like stunt double. We've got your stul- stunt adult. Yeah. <laughs> I need a stunt adult. <laughs>
1: So, And in order to get the most effective voice after biting his tongue, Matt Damon tied a hair tie around it to talk as if his tongue had been uh, bit through. Interesting. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's kind of clever.
3: Yeah. John Wayne would have punched him in the face, though.
1: <laughs> oh, there's three women in my house. There should be a hair tie within three feet of me. Maybe I can try that.
3: You gonna no? try it for the rest of the show. then. Uh, oh,
1: no. no. And <laughs> then have some potatoes.
4: She turned into Bill Cosby routine.
1: I want some <laughs> potatoes. So, in order to get the most... I uh, already, already read that. <laughs> uh, despite Maddie Ross having the most screen time and being considered the protagonist, Haley Steinfeld was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in many award shows, including the Academy Awards.
2: I, I think that was probably a nod to her, like, giving her a chance in a category where she might have had better odds of taking an award. Yeah. Cause who, I mean, who was she up against that
1: year? 2010 Academy Awards.
4: Well, and keep in mind when you have two big marquee names like Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon, uh, they're not going to let you be lead actress. Right. Matt Damon is a lead actress. <laughs>
1: Uh, Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, two thousand and ten. Let's see, was Amy Adams, Helena Bottom Carter, Haley Steinfeld, and Jackie Weaver? So,
2: wait, Haley Steinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> Would
1: you
0: believe? What is
2: it with road food? What these <laughs> little corn biscuits? Wait, was that was that Best Actress or Best Supporting? That's Supporting.
1: supporting.
3: Oh, that was okay. That Amy Adams won.
1: Yeah. So uh, both. Um, oh, Melissa Leo won. I'm sorry. Melissa Leo. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah. The fighter. Yeah. 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 The That's fighter the, was Amy Adams and Melissa Leo. Uh, Haley was True Grit. Helena Bottom Carter for The King's Speech. And Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom.
2: Yeah. If she'd had to compete uh, in the best actress category, she's up against Sandra Bullock, Helen Mirren, Meryl Streep. Oh, geez. Carrie Mulligan, and Gabori <coughs> Sidibe. Oh,
3: my name should it be
2: Yep.
1: so yeah that would have been a rough ride for her there yeah so uh yeah so moving on on the trivia um it was nominated for 10 academy awards and failing to win any uh went down in film history as one of the most ever nominated films not to win an oscar wow yeah The original True Grit was nominated for far less number of Oscars, only two but still won one because they gave a sympathy vote for uh,
4: I don't want your sympathy, Oscar. It's
1: still a W. That would have (laughs) been awesome. If he had gotten up there I don't need your sympathy.
2: (laughs) He said fill your hands and shot them (laughs) off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then he he put his bridle between his teeth and rode off into the night,
3: and, and, and the funny twist of the story is in the end, John Wayne became a method actor as he just became <laughs> Mr. Cogwart. <Cogler.
1: laughs> nice. Um, judge Parker was an actual judge in Fort Smith here, uh, and was known as a hanging judge. For yeah, the th-
3: only person in either one of these movies that is actual historical figure.
2: Yep. Well, uh, Bloody Bill Quantrill was ne- uh, mentioned as well.
3: Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Mention. Me. <clears throat> uh the Rooster Cogburn's full name is Reuben J. Cogburn. Rooster's his nickname. and oh,
2: shares a birth date with me. Oh, very nice.
1: So maybe you are maybe channeling Rooster Cogburn. Perhaps. Perhaps.
2: <laughs>
0: Perhaps.
4: <laughs> maybe.
1: Uh, Jeff Bridges' Oscar nomination for this film marks the seventh time in history that one actor has been nominated for playing a role that had already earned another Oscar after another, another act, you try earn another actor an Oscar. Earn another
4: actor an Oscar? Yes. Mike's trying to save time for the show. Yes,
1: I'm going to skip yes. every other word from now on. So, and uh, although being, yeah, we didn't
3: actually get to see, we didn't get to see the lawyer this time, but we just heard his voice, and his voice is actually uh, J.K. Simmons.
2: Oh,
1: yeah,
3: pretty interesting.
2: You know? I am a lawyer. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> and then, uh, even though he was third billed, Josh Brolin doesn't show up until an hour and eighteen minutes into the movie.
2: Yeah, I noticed that,
4: and a weird turn to his the way to play that character too.
3: It was pretty funny though. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, like well, the whole time <laughs> she's getting the gun ready, he's all like, "She ain't gonna shoot me." <laughs>
1: That you know what though, I mean that was kind of funny because you know he's been at the farm where she grew up for we don't well we really don't know how long,
2: months at least
1: yeah, yeah and he's just kind of like you're you're that bookish girl yeah you're let me Maddie what are you doing out here what, and that's it that was great it's like he was honestly for a moment really confused
3: yeah he's like, like, <laughs> what are you, you figured out who it was
1: why are you out here her. you know
3: it's <laughs> like, I mean at at first it's just weird that there's a girl out here. He's like, What? What's a girl doing? And then he realizes her. He's like, What the hell is she doing out here? (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) This is a weird coincidence. Yeah. (laughs) Meet you here in the middle of the mountains. Then you shoot him in the short ribs. You broke Broke a short rib. rib. I don't know what that means.
3: (laughs) Short One of your floating ribs, that's what used to be called short.
2: Yeah. So delicious with a little sauce.
3: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Nice. Just like a little Marauder short rib.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. oh, uh huh. Oh wait, what? Huh? So, uh, yeah. So there's some trivia. Um, Cohen and I, Cohen brothers. In case you didn't know, that's the Raising Arizona, uh, Big Lebowski, uh,
2: Fargo.
0: Fargo. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. I still haven't seen Miller's Bart Crossing. Barton
2: Fink. The Man Who Wasn't There. The Informant.
1: Yes. Did so they, lots.
3: They got a couple good credits to their name. Yeah.
4: I knew Steric Goats. Ooh, that was a good one. Is um, that it? Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, 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 Brother Warfare Out, thou? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. A uh, lot of flavor of that ridiculousness in this one, too. Burn after reading. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, so, but I think, honestly, the, I liked how this one just jumped straight into it. In the first movie, there was this whole kind of, like, you had to meet the dad, had to see the interaction between Maddie Ross and her dad, and then you had to... There was this whole... Like 10, 15 minutes at the beginning of the movie that you needed to, they apparently felt that you needed to know, needed to see happen. Well, they wanted you need, to, you need to understand
3: that she loved her father because we couldn't have just been told that.
1: Exactly. In this and, one, and they're understood,
3: like, understood, like, Hey, it's my father. I loved him.
1: Yes. In this one, they're huh. like, He shot my dad. You know, I mean, how much, I mean, I appreciate how much they trunciated this movie. There was trunciated? a lot. Yeah, <laughs> how they, trunciated, they crunched it. You know, truncated. 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 Hey, fuck you all. Um,
3: <laughs> I, that's twice now. I was going to just let one go Blanda. with Joel. And just throw you under the bus.
1: Yeah, thanks, Joel. Blanda. Thanks, Joel. I'm getting in the car. I'm going to drive up there. I'm going to shit on your doorstep. Ooh, do it. Yeah. Oh, do it. Yo. Okay, you don't so. know what I've had to eat today.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, But I like I like how they took out a lot of the... You know, they took a, a lot of the uh, engine cutting the hair scenes. Yeah, you know, scenes that we knew he we like like the scene where he goes into the cabin to go talk to the talk to the engine, find out what's going on. Kicks the asses as of two kids that are picking on a donkey.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was
1: that whole scene where he he kicks the one kid, knocks the other one down. You know, and you think he's going to leave the girl alone for a while. And then he turns around, kicks her in the back of the head for, for beating up on the donkey. And
3: yeah, then, because comes- at first you're like you're like, aren't you going to do anything? With the other one, she was messing. with Oh, okay. okay
1: you were just waiting to for you know to get behind her, kicks her <laughs> off, and the kicks literally kicks her in the back of the head and knocks her off the porch. And then when he comes back out, the first thing he does is kick the kid right off the edge of. the <laughs> We <laughs> those, those were the different other
3: times back then when, when you could just beat anybody's kid. It didn't matter. <laughs> that was but,
1: so you know, good, though.
4: <laughs> despite <laughs> the changes in, in story, even early on, the script was, in a lot of ways, verbatim in a lot of places.
2: Yeah, that's true.
4: To the original. I-
2: one of the things that was cut or minimized that I could have done with more of, I thought was uh, better in the original, was the uh, old Chinese man and the cat. That whole di- family yeah. dynamic.
3: Because he only had the Chinese man only had one scene. He might have only had one line. Yeah.
4: Well, when yeah. They, she got him in bed. Yeah. That was yep. pretty much it, I think, wasn't it?
2: Yep. Well, yeah, but in the original movie, there was the whole, like, uh, him introducing them and they had dinner at uh, his place and then he started to play cards with them. Yeah, and that weird every card
3: she's... game that I had no idea what they were
2: playing.
4: <laughs> and then every time when she came in, she's like, good morning. He's like, good morning. You know, and there was that establishment of of a character for sure.
2: Yeah. That's just a little. I, I mean, I, overall, I'm, I was pretty happy with this, but that was one of the things I noticed that was that I was not as happy with.
3: I, w- I will say, being a fan of the original movie, I was very annoyed/slash worried when I heard that they were going to remake it, and I went to I went to go see it in the theater uh, specifically just to compare the two and just to get my opinion on it and everything. And I gotta say. I, I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was very well done.
2: Um, I just rewatched for the second time today, and I mentioned that I would be revisiting the subject of the book in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I got to the end, and the ending is most different. Like the beginning and the ending are the two things that are most different about the two films. Yeah. I I, I was. <laughs> talking aloud and like you know they made these changes and I'm trying to figure out why how was the story improved by making these changes you've got like this huge downer ending but like LeBeef survives in the remake and uh, it was actually my wife Sarah who asked a very important question she asked well this was based on a book right how did it end in the book and I realized uh, when she asked those questions I, I took a look at it, and the, all of the changes that were made for the remake were faithful to the original novel. Really, really. Mm-hmm. So, huh. I think they, in a lot of ways uh, that even the Duke would have preferred this version to the one he was in.
3: Well, they specifically said that this is not a remake. This is a retelling of the story, you know, based more on the book.
1: Well, then I got to read the book because I really liked the second one better than. I mean, I enjoyed them both. But I like this telling of the second one better. You know, just because it, you know, it. it...
3: Well, that, that was that was one of the things that they told uh, that the <coughs> they, the Coen Brothers told um, Jeff Bridges when they were getting ready to film this. They're like, you know, don't pay attention to the John Wayne's version. You know, just pay attention to the book.
1: Yeah. The scene with her outside the outhouse was pretty damn funny.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm gonna be in her raw. His voice was hard to get. I, I know that. I guess it's that's his thing now, to talk like he's got a mouthful of cotton candy, right? I don't
2: know. I, I th- was able to take it seriously in this one, as opposed to R.I.P.D., which is terrible and you should not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Yet yeah, you've mentioned it now, so.
1: And his whole his whole attitude was pretty. When they found the guy hanging in the tree, is that him? I don't know when they and then she finally crawls up the tree, cuts him down, boom.
2: Yeah. I, I do not that. know this man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cut him down. Why? I might know who he is, but
1: <laughs> she finally
2: does it. I do not
1: know, do not this, know man. this man. Yep. <laughs> and the whole scene with the creepy ass doctor in the bear suit.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: do either of you need medical attention? No. No. No, <laughs> no we don't. It's,
2: uh, that was, I think, more of a Cohen Brothers affectation. They're yeah. like, time for some weirdness.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and then he, I like the callback to him later after uh, Matt Damon gets the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yes. says, we knew a medical man about five miles down the road. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that, the medical dude, and, I, and, you know, if they, that's their reasoning was to just have that little bit of weirdness, he was worth it.
4: I have to ask. Compare Kim Darby to Haley Stanfeld. Steinfeld.
1: Okay. One was six years older than the other.
4: No, I mean in terms of
1: performance actors.
4: in terms of performance. Were Haley you Haley was
3: much better, honestly?
4: How did you feel about her performance is I guess my my roundabout question.
3: It uh, was it was um it was better in the fact that it was less noticeable how awkward she was. I think Kim Darby just, I don't know, she's just not a good actress.
1: And history kind of backs it up, because she didn't exactly get a whole bunch of top-level stuff.
3: Well, need, I mean, haven't really seen Haley Stanfield in anything in the last four years, either. Well, she's, which actually
2: means that uh, Kim Darby's one up on her, because she's still working. She was doing TV as recently as last year.
4: No, Haley Stanfield is very busy. Uh, is
1: actually, yeah. yeah, Ender's yeah. Game... Three Days what? to Kill, yeah, she was in Andrews oh, yeah. Game, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Begin Again, she's got. Um,
3: oh, well, I don't. I don't ever hear her name mentioned. Pitch Perfect yeah. is. She's not a two.
1: marquee
4: person, but she's been very.
1: She's busy. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah. doing something. So, um, something well, called I... Hate Ship Love Ship. What the hell is that? <laughs>
4: it's, that's the remake of Love Ship Hate
1: Ship. <laughs> Matt, ah, he fat snorted.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what the hell is a Hate Ship Love Ship? What the fuck is that?
4: It's a song.
0: Anyway okay. uh,
4: on the
3: hate ship.
4: Uh, <laughs> on the hate ship. <laughs> blockers. No, it's uh there's this song called The Hate Tank by SOD. But anyway, um I thought they needed a I thought they needed to put the scenes back in with the horse trading because I thought that that established the character a little better. Those uh, were in. No, like that they were the way they were in the original. Because they kinda cut them short for humor's sake. I mean, for the joke to have the right punchline, But For yeah,
3: to be like, "Are we trading again?"
2: Yeah, that was, yeah. That was funny. It's They've, funny, but I gotta agree with Joel that there is something different about modern filmmaking. There's one of the conceits is that we're going to sacrifice everything to a punchy move the plot along because our audience doesn't have a very long attention span. I think right? there was like- a little of that here
4: that then in the original there was a it was a bit more drug out and maybe a couple beats too long but at the same time it really established her character her sensibility her uh you know just everything that kind of made the character what it was and here although i think Haley Steinfeld was is a much better actress and everything but because of her age you needed to have that extra little bit to establish who she was because she really is 14 at the time and so, you know, I thought that that was missing. But other than that, I thought, yeah, she was leaps and bounds beyond Kim Darby, for sure.
1: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going through all the scenes in my head. Matt Damon, the relationship between Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges in this one and uh, Rooster Cogburn, I think was pretty funny. Uh, the whole scene at the, at the house, at the, uh, what do they call it? The hole up? What was the phrase? The lean to? the dugout the dugout, the the dugout. dugout. Yeah. yeah at the dugout i when they ditched him when he took off and it was just the two of them bryden i was i didn't you know try to figure out what the heck was going to happen but then when Matt, when Le, lebeef that's such a weird name uh, <laughs> when the beef showed up <laughs> where's I, the Beef? <laughs> where's lebeef <laughs> where's Beef? <laughs> you know that it was a little bit more real you know, it was like, he, you know, he shows up to, the, he's been following behind him. He shows up and kind of muffs up the whole thing, but still shows he's got a pair on him because he stands up to these four guys on horseback that are just about ready to shoot him down and then gets drugged out behind the horse. I mean, it's, I, I liked that interaction between the two of them. That they were on this because there was cash at the end of it for both of them. And yeah. they
2: really didn't like each other. Sure. And in this case, in that particular scene, it gets messed up, but because he had split off on his own and come into a situation he didn't understand, rather than basically being the skittish guy in the heist movie that f- shoots a gun when he shouldn't, which is right. what happened in the original. Right. So, yeah. I guess the overall, lebeef <laughs> in some ways, as played by Matt Damon, was both more sympathetic and more competent.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and this, I, oh, I don't know that you
4: had that much, that, that much of a character arc with him, though, versus Glenn Campbell's portrayal.
2: That's fair.
3: Yeah, because he, he never shows himself to be incompetent from the beginning.
2: Right. There's I, not as much of a redemption story for him because he's just a little bit of a jerk here and there, and he's a little bit of a loudmouth, but he's not like terrible.
1: No. Well, except for the whole sitting in the bedroom watching the 14 year old sleep. That's just creepy.
2: Well, and the deciding he's going to take it on himself to spank her uh, until he's done, whatever that means. Well, oh, come
3: on, who who among us has not stalked and spanked a fourteen year old? Throw the uh, first stone.
1: God damn it! Now I got to write this time down and cut it out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll fix it and post. i throw on
4: several stones at you. Um, <laughs> yeah, gallstones. Anyway. Well, you can throw a whole gallbladder out of my hair in about a week. Yeah, I'm not ah, kidding. Ah, ah. ah! Oh. So anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay, I, getting, I, I don't know
1: you Carl, said moving on. I'm wondering where we're going. On, well, we,
4: seem, we seem to have gotten stuck here. <laughs> I, t- I turned into Carl Childers and Sling Blade, apparently. Uh, I was
2: going to say <laughs> no, that,
3: that was definitely not Carl Childers. <laughs>
2: That kind of sounded like uh, Jeff Bridges trying to do Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, I am the exactly ladle. what it
3: was. It was a bad Sean Connery.
2: <laughs> you don't know bad Sean
4: Connery, Patrick.
3: <laughs> oh, <geez>. That, <laughs> that is doing Sean Connery. <laughs> it's getting so much worse. <laughs>
4: He had kind of a lispy thing with marbles, and I don't know what's going on. Oh,
2: Jesus. All right, so we've anyway, got The big changes are the uh, you can kiss him if you want. <laughs> okay. Done?
0: Yeah, the big you know changes are not.
2: Uh, we've we've got the uh, exposition at the beginning. We've got the reintroduction of kind of the religious aspect to some of the characters, which was odd that it's in the modern one and not in the one from the '60s. But that's much more period appropriate with them talking about God, and there was a much heavier religious angle in this one where it was barely even mentioned in the sixth yeah
3: everybody keeps identifying themselves as Christians as good yeah. Christians.
2: well, mm-hmm. and they keep playing
4: um what is it what what a friend we have in Jesus yeah, mm-hmm. on the background,
1: yeah, especially mm-hmm. during that hanging scene where the engine doesn't get to talk
4: yeah oh, that was that was
2: brilliant <laughs> I would like was... to say. Whoa!
4: It was true to form, though, I think, for the time. Yeah,
2: it was. And then, of course, the ending where Labeef survives, but instead of having the happy, hey, you're going to be buried here when you die. Hey, Mr. Fat Man, dance around on your horse. Dance for me, Fat Man. (laughs) they, They come back and she never meets him again. She never marries. She's lost her arm and she's about to go see him and he's dead. Much more realistic for the time. Wait,
4: let's clarify. She went to go see Labeef. Or I'm um, to see Cogbird, not Labeef.
1: Yeah, right. She, she never w- saw, uh, never saw Labeef again. She, yeah, right. she never saw either of them again.
4: Yeah, she never heard anything else about Labeef either.
1: Yeah, it's
4: like he disappeared almost.
1: So, but yeah, I know. I mean, that. I mean, I like the fact that you know, she gets bit by a rattlesnake in the first one, and she's fine and dandy. You know, because he got her there in time. I, initially, I called bullshit. I've seen what happens when you get bit by a rattlesnake and I think the you know that that her losing her arm in the second one was much more realistic and played more to the character that she was just like I woke up I had no arm you know and I'm lucky for it you know that sort of thing and she's this stoic old maid who never got married cuz she just didn't have time for that sort of thing. She had too much stuff to do and she kept that whole persona of all business, this is what needs to get done right now, feeling through the entire movie all the way to the very end whereas you know in the end of the first one she, you know, broke character at the end to see the fat man dance for her. Uh which brings me to another thing, the whole let's tell a story at the campsite. <laughs>
3: The Midnight Caller. Yeah,
1: you play the Midnight Caller. That was so out of place in both movies.
3: Let's well, I thought it was pretty good, like, I mean, especially in the first movie, because it just kind of showed how awkward that character was. She's like, uh, I don't really know how to react to these two guys fighting and drinking, so... Uh, no, but she
1: just... <laughs> that wasn't Maddie Ross. That was Kim Darby. That was all Improv. <laughs>
2: See, I don't know. I, I kind of think that if you're a kid and you've been out camping before and it's like, okay, things are getting weird. Oh, there's a campfire. I can tell a campfire story. I mean, if it was like 50 or 100 years later, she probably would have asked if there was any marshmallows to break the tension so she could make s'mores. Maybe. Mmm, s'mores. Now we lost Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There go the pants again.
3: <laughs>
1: Now, the problem is he's got to find himself some fourteen year old marshmallows <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <man. laughs> uh, what's ro- there's something brilliant. wrong with me
3: <laughs> That was brilliant
1: so um but no i mean i i I just thought that was kind of awkward, I mean especially after the scene where she throws down and she rides across the river and uh you know does that whole scene cut to the weird spanking thing. And then, there, you know, that I just felt that that was kind of, I, I think she would have, in the character, the way it was played at that point, we might have just sat and let them do what they were doing instead of, or told them, cut it out, as she did a lot of other times. You know, where I she was to just call like, her lawyer. Yeah, Do you want me to call my lawyer? I've hired you. I don't know why you're following me. I'm going to sue you, and I'll sue you if you don't do what I told you to do. It just seemed like that Let's Tell a Campfire story was a little bit, Weird, you know. It was. I don't think that would. That was a true. I don't. Even, I want. I would be curious to see if that section is actually in the book. So there you
3: That's
1: go. Yeah, let's
3: look it up. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll look it up.
1: You don't have to. I mean, it's. You don't. I'm, I don't. I'm I am curious now myself. Well, I know how fast you read. It's going to take a while.
3: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe you're making fun of how anybody reads. Period.
1: It's uh, got you there. No, I can read just fine. I just can't speak well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't shock.
2: <laughs> so overall, it sounds like we both, all four of us, liked both of them, and I think, uh, in varying degrees of margin, am I gathering correctly that we all preferred the remake, either a little or a lot?
3: Okay. I surprisingly. Like the remake better, yeah,
2: yeah, mm. uh, I do too. It's close, but I prefer the remake. yeah, I enjoyed them
1: both and I thought both of them were a lot of fun and in I mean, I enjoyed them both as westerns for the time that they were shot in.
4: I that's kind of where I was headed with what my thought too. yeah that's that. fair.
1: It's a nineteen sixty nine John Wayne flick, a western. He's 60-some years old. Everyone knows exactly how John Wayne acts in the movies at this point, and we got exactly what we came for, was that this is John Wayne. You want to see John Wayne? He's playing over-the-top, ham-fisted, smarmy, you know, smarmy ranger who knows his stuff and can shoot. You know, hold, it, hold the uh, reins in his teeth and fire off his two Navy guns while he's riding, which honestly, I think between the two scenes, the scene with Jeff Bridges was better.
2: See, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there.
1: Yeah, I'm I, with you as well. I really? I think the first movies was yeah, better.
4: I think I'm with the Wayne one too.
1: Oh man, sorry. I really like John, uh, Jeff Bridges though. So that's one of my
4: one of oh, my things, I like
1: Jeff Bridges. I, yeah,
4: I, I'm a fan for sure. But I mean, they're two the same thing, but two different animals because of the time.
2: And, um, and that's the thing is if you're gonna talk about what John Wayne was great at, it's not in like performing a character that's all that different from John Wayne. When he's talking, delivering dialogue, that's not his strength. It's him looking like a badass on a horse with a couple of guns. Yeah. And this is John Wayne at the top of his form in the role he was recognized and will be remembered for forever. Yep. So I'm not saying that Jeff Bridges was not good in that scene. I just can't possibly give him the edge. Okay.
4: I'm I, thinking that the Cohn Brothers one was a bit more dark and the other one was a bit more light. And I think it's because of the time they were made. But as two separate films, they're really good. But I don't know that I could pick one over the other just because they are so different, even though it's the same story.
1: That's, and I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I would if they were on. If somebody wanted to watch, watch. We want want to watch True Grit. Okay, I'd be fine with either one of them. Mm -hmm. I'd enjoy both of them. Um, For uh, one of the uh, one of the others, I mean, it's what I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. I'd watch them both. Again, this is this is definitely even though I'm not a big fan of the '60s style of westerns. I mean, I do like the Unforgiven and the uh, Tombstone and that sort of a little bit leaning towards the end of the century type uh
4: just don't watch silverado god damn it what a piece of crap sorry
3: if you want to watch a good 60s western watch the outlaw josie wales
4: Ooh. i would also recommend just cuz we were talking about it earlier the wild bunch i just for yeah. something that's a little non standard that's,
3: that's like one of the most violent western movies ever made yeah.
4: it's it's it feels different than all the other westerns out there so it's one that yeah. you kind of got to see just to say oh Huh. See, it's good, though. It's really good.
2: Probably my favorite 60s Western is probably one of my favorite Westerns of all time. And I, I know I mentioned it in the first half. That's The Ain't Good, the wagon? Bad, and the... No, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> I don't know if I've yeah, seen Yeah, The Good, that.
3: the Bad, and the Ugly is, is one of the most iconic gunfights, too.
2: Sure. And I, I, in a lot of ways, because they focus on... All three of the characters. You think of it as an Eastwood flick, and it is, but it's not as though the uh, mysterious stranger, man with no name, is the lead necessarily. The other two characters are very well developed, and there's a lot going on in that film. Get to the point where you're. a lot of cases you're pretty sure who you want to lose the gunfight at the end, but you might not know who you want to win. Hmm. It's obvious. Only one of the three of them is gonna. So.
3: Don't, don't spoil it.
2: No, we'll not. That's a I am just, it's an unqualified recommendation for that film. All right. So, uh, any other thoughts, or we want to talk about what we've got on tap for next week? Let's talk about the tap. All right. So, next week we're doing. uh, We did our first Western show this week. Uh, We're going to do our first anime show next week. It is our first anime show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a month of firsts, which is crazy because an anime like if Westerns is a huge unexplored section of film culture. Uh, In a lot of ways, anime is one of the last completely unexplored areas of geek culture that we haven't talked about yet. And we're going to start with uh, something very popular right now for the now, uh, Attack on Titan. And we're going to be comparing it to the dark fantasy classic, Berserk, from the 90s.
1: Yes. Um, I I am a anime fan and have been since high school, thanks to my buddy Dan, who introduced me to uh, Dirty Pear long ago but uh i'm looking forward to this one because i've seen some attack on titan but i haven't seen enough to uh to form an opinion on it so kind of cool for this one
2: yeah and it's a shame because i know that uh you guys are not gonna have time to watch all of berserk but berserk is uh, noted for having one of the craziest mind-bending endings to any anime series ever so
1: all right so well thank you for listening and, uh, uh,
3: before we sign off, real quick. Oh. Um, uh in the original book, it does have the Midnight Caller is actually in Charlie Porter's book. It is, huh. yeah, huh. And apparently, the book is told from Maddie's point of view. Yep. Oh wow, that,
2: yeah. that I'd noted in the uh, uh, analysis of her character. So, if you'd like to catch any of our old shows, uh, you can always check out our archives at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, find podcasting directories, or our home on the web at www.40go14.com. Also, of course, at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network and Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio.
1: Yes. And if you want to call us and uh, give us some more suggestions or help me with my transitions... (laughs) <laughs> give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. then, y'all have a good night. See you later, pilgrim.
0: You are now leaving the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends.
4: All
2: right, let me just close the office door, and then I will uh, count us down. <laughs>
1: what the heck was that? Josh got attacked by the door. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he lost a heart.
1: <laughs>
3: what is he doing? It's
0: like I'm doing the Chevy Chase Pratt fall. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Josh just lost two hearts sh- trying to shut the door.